And welcome back to For Film Say Podcast, everybody. My name is Brian Archie, and I'm here with... Chris Lucky. That was a fantastic timing. <laughs> I'll tell you what. <laughs> Chris just like took a swig of water, opened mm. the water bottle, took a swig, yep. all in the time it took me to, do to that say that, yeah. and then said his name you right know what? Cue. I was just talking about how I feel like unskilled and, <laughs> and like useless. Like that is a skill. Like, you know what? I feel validated now. That is a pretty good skill. There you go. You're welcome for the validation. Yeah, Fuck man. yeah. Um, listen, we're yep. going to talk about Juon, mm-hmm. the original grudge, yes. the Japanese version. But mm-hmm. before we do any of that, let's just go through the half of week that mm-hmm. we still haven't seen each other for. Yeah. Um, what, what have you been up to? You, you ever seen the, the cartoon Muppet Babies? That sounds vaguely familiar. I've seen Muppet Baby Babies. Babies. Such like make a our dreams come true. Muppet Babies. Animated Kermit version the, of the Kermit the Frog. And um, yeah, it's, it's, it's animated. It was from the 80s and early 90s with all the uh, Kermit the Frog and Miss Piggy and Gonzo and all of them. I think so, yeah. I yeah. think that sounds vaguely familiar. Why? They, um, there was a, there's a part in the song. It's a, it's a children's show, you know, mm-hmm. so you watch this from, you know, five, you know, to 13 or whatever. Right. And in the theme song, Kermit the Frog sings this part. I'm going to try to do it in the Kermit the Frog voice. Yeah. Is when your world looks kind of weird and you wish that you weren't there. You know, oh. it's like when your room looks kind of weird and you wish that you weren't there. And then Miss Piggy comes in. Just close your eyes and make believe and you get me anywhere. It sounds like that, too. It, it sounds like that. <laughs> <laughs> you should have seen the cringe on Brian's <laughs> face. He was like, I don't think that's what it... No, yes, it sounds like that. Oh, <laughs> uh, fucking Miss Peggy. But the, the, uh, but the lyrics are, when, you're, when your room feels kind of weird and you wish that you weren't oh, there, yeah. just close your eyes and make believe and you can be anywhere. Right, And yeah. I was thinking about, like, the writer of that song because, like, the song is so upbeat and happy. Muppet, 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 babies, babies. Like, you're like, oh, this is a cool song. But the lyrics, it's like, when that guy wrote those lyrics, that's the... the Pressed he, he, he was on a he was in a bad spot. Yes, yeah. that's a There's very no bad way. spot. Yeah. You know, and that's like I, I kept singing those lyrics over and over to myself. You know, while I was in that bad spot, and then I felt like I connected to the writer for the first time ever <laughs> of hearing that song millions of times. Like twenty five years later, <laughs> yep. She's like, "Holy fuck!" Yeah, like I was right. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. Just close your eyes and you could be anywhere. Mm-hmm. I was like, "Okay, yeah, all right, that's what I'll do." That <laughs> so, works. That works. <laughs> that's, that's what I've been into. Like, yeah, yeah that, especially when like the, I don't know. I don't know why, but the last couple of weeks have been sort of existentialist in the way that you're kind of like you just wake up and then you just go fuck. Yeah, and then you just have to go through your day mm-hmm. knowing that the first thing that you said that day when you wake up was a whole heart is like fucking god damn it. Yeah. You know, and that emotion is always a weird one to navigate. Yeah, yeah. And I feel like when that guy wrote that song, the first thing he said that day was like, fuck. Yeah. And, uh, yeah, I, I relate to that. There was, I put something in Google, like, last week and was going through a really, like, probably a little worse off than I am now. But um, mm-hmm. I put into Google, in the, in the Google search bar, I wish that I was someone else. Right. And when you push the search button, the very first thing that comes up is a suicide prevention hotline. Oh, yeah. Yeah, absolutely. The very first thing. And that just made me even question harder, like, how far dark and deep down I am. Because yeah. it's like the thought, suicide, like, me killing myself wasn't in the thought process. It was just like, damn, it's just like, I just wish I could be someone else, you know, to where it's just people react to me differently. Mm-hmm. You know, it's just being someone completely different. And then that came up, the suicide thing. And then I went even thinking about it more. I'm like, if I am someone else, then I'm just going to change them into me. Right. <laughs> you know, <laughs> that's that's all that's going to happen. And so it's just like, 
just getting through these fucking tough spots, man. It's like I've I've been through them. You've been through them. You like, know the the lows, but just like getting through this low is is tough. They're particularly difficult, especially yeah. when when they're they're lows that you know because you know, we have a good support system. Yeah. We have friends. We yeah. support systems within each other, but yeah. sometimes. There's just nothing the other person can do. It's just all yeah. in you. Yeah. And then you just got to, like, fucking muddle through it. Yeah, yeah. That's always a weird thing to navigate. Yeah. 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 And yeah. I relate to that very much. Yes. <laughs> I think that's why we're such good friends. Like, yeah. understanding I think of those so, situations, yeah. yeah. I think that when... <laughs> I think it's funny. It's not or It's not funny, but I think it's mm-hmm. funny that when, like, whenever one of my good friends mm-hmm. and I just have a breakdown yeah. and I just, like, fucking go on a huge rant about something or just, yeah. like, go get angry and yeah. lash out... Yep. I feel like a lot of my good friends just go like, he'll be fine tomorrow. Just <laughs> hope, hope you find it. Because I mean, it's like I find myself in the same position that other people are in with me. It's like you see they're there. There's nothing that you can really do, right. you know, and it's just like you hope, but it's just like, what can I do here? And that's what right, I see yeah. in other people's eyes. You know, it's like they see that they can't do anything and it's just like they wish the best from a yeah. distance. They just, <laughs> my, I feel like my good friends have just managed to like reassure me and then mm-hmm. just kind of go like, listen, I know you'll be fine. You'll tomorrow. be fine. You've done this before. Yeah. You've gone down this like tirade of emotions. Yeah. And you scream that nobody in particular mm-hmm. just kind of screaming to a guy you don't believe in. Yeah. And then uh, you'll be fine tomorrow. And tomorrow yeah. you'll be less angry and you have an emotional hangover. And yeah. We'll get through it. Yeah. Oh yeah. <laughs> I guess that's the comforting thing I gotta say. Like, yeah. Yeah. <laughs> we'll be alright eventually. Eventually. At eventually. some point. Yeah. You just need like a, a huge stress reliever. Yeah. You know, if we could like have a purge. Or like a um, <laughs> <there's> <laughs> well, no, you just went right for the first. Yeah, yeah. It's, it's not even like there's like people that I want to <laughs> yeah. get rid of, but there's a lot of like tension and like anger or you know just aggressiveness, like something inside me that I would like to let out. Yep. You know, so it means just like, and I don't have that outlet. You know, maybe like just punch through a door. Yeah, <laughs> you know. There's a so I cut myself. There's <laughs> there's a there's an interesting thing. In Raleigh, I think, mm. and maybe in Charlotte, I don't know, but there's a place, and this is a this is a date thing mm. that I saw. I saw it on a dating website. It's like yeah. things to do in your date. Yeah, um, there's a place where you specifically pay to them give you a room yeah. with hard walls and a bunch of glass and ceramic and breakable shit yeah. that you slam into said walls. Okay, <laughs> while you're wearing safety goggles. Yeah. And the exercise of it is just to break shit until you're satisfied. Yes. And I think that's amazing. It is. And I really want to do it. <laughs> I, I'm, I'm going to go look into that because, yes. wow. It is. I saw it as a date and it's just like, you know what? That is a healthy date. Yeah. Because presumably if you've gone on a date, mm-hmm. then you've already had an angry couple of dates with someone else mm-hmm. that you thought would going, would go, was going going well yeah. and then it didn't go well. Mm-hmm. And now you're at home and you're like, what the fuck is happening? What's wrong with me? Yeah. And you go on another date and yeah. the same thing repeats itself. This mm-hmm. time they ghost you. So you go on this third date and there's a lot of emotional charge in the air. Oh, yeah. And then you just get to fucking throw glass and ceramics at a wall. Yes. And then just fucking scream out some of your feelings. Yeah. And then it's probably the most fun that you're going to have. And yeah. at some point, inevitably, when you're throwing a garden gnome into a wall, mm-hmm. the phrase is, she's like, I don't know if my parents loved me. It's going to come out. <laughs> yeah. And now, then you bond over emotional trauma, and mm-hmm. then you end up getting married five years later. <laughs> that sounds amazing. Yeah. That's the narrative inside of my head. No, yeah, that, yeah. That's, that's how I would love it to happen, too. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> it's like she, she sees that she's, like, uh, dealing with an emotionally damaged and broken person. Yeah. She's like, okay, I'm the same thing. Right, yeah. <laughs> Great. Let's, let's ash it out. Let's like, oh, we're little... throwing that out? Okay, yeah. let's just throw that filter out the wall too yes, yeah and then let's just do that and i yeah. feel like that's a healthy date and yeah I, and I that breaks that. a lot of boundaries like that right is. there yep i like right that a lot there. 
And plus, if it ever, you know, goes sour, then you know which way they throw. Oh, is it? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Dodge, Perry. <laughs> yep. I done scouted you already. Yeah, <laughs> I, know you what, I know your skill level. Yeah, yeah. Uh, and what's, what's wild is like, uh, we've talked about like um, depression or anxiety or mm-hmm. just being down before. And because we do a podcast, you know, all of our listeners don't listen like within the first day that it's released or the first week. Yeah, you right. know, so somebody will listen to this episode six months later and then we'll get a like an IM or a message. Mm-hmm. Hey, are you OK? Yeah, yeah. I'm like, OK, no, no, no. That was six months ago. I'm so much better now, <laughs> <laughs> but I do appreciate it because <laughs> that will happen. This happened <laughs> before. <laughs> It's happened well. to me a couple of times where people have just mm-hmm. been like, hey, just wanted to check in. Yeah. There was a lot of energy in mm-hmm. like that episode. So yep. what, what are you talking about? Which one? <laughs> was it the one where I talked about, you know, the anti-vaxxers killing kids? Mm-hmm. Or was it the PETA one? Which I one? I can't yep. remember. <laughs> yep. Yeah. But yeah, we get, we get through yeah. it. The um, only thing as far as like television movies and stuff, I was looking up the um, the box office um, uh, numbers for a few of these movies that got released. Mm-hmm. Uh, one of them, First Man, the one that I, I wanted oh, to see the movie. Awesome. Yeah, yeah, I wanted to see that movie so bad because of um, yeah, oh, uh, Damien Chiselle. Damien Chiselle. Chiselle, yeah. Nah. Uh, because of him, I was like, I love everything that he's done so far. And then I was looking at the numbers on it. And it had a $59 million budget. It's made $42 million so far worldwide. So I'm like, not the numbers that they were expecting, right. but like... But it's also know. one of those movies that it's really... I don't want to call it a grown-up movie, mm. but it's a movie that's like... You're not going to get a lot of audience in yep. the cinema. Yeah. I think that's a movie that people are going to seek out when it's available for sales and DVD. I, I mean, too, yeah. yeah. It's like, I, I wanted to see it for so long, but then I found out it's a runtime of two hours and 30 minutes. Yep. Not sitting in the movie theater for that long, but... <laughs> The um, the other one that I was surprised about was the movie Queen. Like we talked about that, oh, that yeah, a few the times. Bohemian Rhapsody. Yeah, a Bohemian Rhapsody movie came out and had a fifty two million dollar budget, made fifty million dollars first weekend. So That's it's like bad. it's not bad, yeah. you know, not what I was expecting, but not bad. They'll you know, probably so make another couple ten millions. Yeah. And- They'll make their money back. They'll make the yeah. They'll break even. Yeah, yeah. That's awesome. Yeah, yeah. That's that's all that I've really been. It's like what three days since we podcasted last. (laughs) (laughs) By the way, that we heard that Bohemian Rhapsody had bad. Reviews, reviews, yeah. and yeah. everyone that I've known that has watched Liked it has it. loved it. Nice, so, very yeah, nice. Whatever, yeah. <laughs> oh, <laughs> yeah. Fucking Rotten Tomatoes bullshit. Yeah. Fuck Rotten Tomatoes. Yeah, <laughs> go back and listen to last week's episode to hear something <laughs> yeah. about that. Yeah, we're not. No. Uh, mm-hmm. Yeah, so we're podcasting early, particularly because I'm going over to Seattle because mm-hmm. um, my brother is getting married. Hey, hey. And that's both exciting, anxiety-inducing, and terrifying. Well, the uh, the flight um, is anxiety-inducing, or the brother being married. Part? The the whole interaction of like. Going to the airport from the moment I step foot in that airport, yeah, to the moment I leave Seattle, mm-hmm. part of me will be in my head just going, like, Just get the fuck out of here, mm. just get out, yeah. you don't belong here, leave. Um, so that's gonna be an anxiety thing. What's, what's the what's the moment of anxiety, like the um, being with um, the, the wife and her, her family, extended family, stuff like that? There, yeah, like yeah. The, the wife is fine, uh, their kid is fine. Mm. Um, my brother's fine yeah. and my mom's fine. Yep. But everybody uh, but else now. <laughs> it's just like the idea like I gotta go to like an airport and fucking talk to this TSA guy that yep. doesn't want to be there mm. and he has to scan me and I wear a big coat and I'm mm. brown and I have mm. a beard. Yep. And I just carry a bunch of square items. Yep. Like I have a phone, I have mm. a book, I have a wallet, I have a laptop. Yep. And it's just like everything looks like a bomb and mm. the fucking thing. And it's just like that and then I get to Seattle and it's fine. And then I have to meet people yep. that I've never met before, yeah. but are now technically part of my family. Yep. <laughs> and and I got to deal with that. Mm-hmm. 
Because in the back of my head, it was just, you know what? They're probably fine. Yeah. But they may not be fine. Mm-hmm. I don't know any of these no people. No No. No idea who they are. Yeah. They know nothing about me. Yep. And, and so that's how it's just kind of like, oh, yeah, fucking sure. Yeah, how are you? Yeah. It's a bunch of awkward introductions yep. in a very tiny amount of time. Yeah. And it's like, oh, no, we're family now. No handshakes. We're, we give hugs now. We're right, family. Yeah. And it's like, damn, uh, family I just met you just now. All right. Yeah. <laughs> and, and then I understand. Like, I, I can come off like an asshole sometimes. Mm. I, just, ah, I don't do the hug thing. Mm. And it's just, no, no, I don't know. I don't I know just, you. Just seeing you I just now know, for the first yes. time. This is the yeah. first time that we are meeting. Yeah. Because your daughter marrying my brother doesn't, mm. I don't, means nothing to me. Yeah. Um, so I'm dealing with that yep. socially yeah. and then just like family time. Yeah. Family time is stressful. I'm a loner. Yes, it is. I'm a loner. Mm-hmm. I'm not the guy that's like hugging every family member nope. and drinking beers. Mm-mm. I'm the guy that says, hi, we have a catch up conversation Disappears and then I just do my own thing. Yeah. That's what I do in family time. So yeah. I have to deal with that. Yeah. And it's just a bunch of like, it's just everything that has given me anxiety from the time since I was 10 mm. is in some form or way present just there's a modicum of it present mm. in this entire week. place yeah and uh i'm nervous about it and i'm yeah. sure it'll be fine once i get there because yeah. i got you know they have dispensaries over there oh yeah <laughs> i forgot all about that yeah you get so, some dispensary action so yeah so like the, my my first night in seattle is going to be self-care yeah i'm going to go to the dispensary i'm mm-hmm. going to get some chocolate yeah i'm going to eat said chocolate mm-hmm. And then I'm going to go to the local barbecue shop, which mm-hmm. is like a block away from my brother's house, nice. and uh, shove my face full of brisket. Are you going to go to that, uh, that coffee shop you went to last time? Um, probably. Yeah, you, yeah, you were, you were really loving that. Star- oh, so good. Mm-hmm. So good. Oh, yeah. I fucking love Seattle. Seattle's fucking fantastic. It is. Yeah. Um, so apart from all the anxiety, I know that I'll get a couple of days yeah. to just wander around Seattle. Yeah. And that'll be fun. Oh, yeah, great. man. Go by the pier, mm-hmm. you know, just chill out. Yeah. And then my fucking brother's getting married, which nice. is huge, and I'm happy for him. Yeah. Doing all of that and just oh, yeah. stressful in social situations. Yeah, no, yeah. I get it. I yeah. totally get that. Meeting new people and family and all of that stuff. No, I totally get it. And yeah. I, what I don't get is how people aren't anxious, right? You know, and feel like a weird, you know, when they're going into those situations. Like it's weird. It weirds yeah. me out when people aren't as nervous as I am about things. Yeah. When it should really weird me out that I'm the one getting nervous. Yeah. But I'm, you know, it's me. Fuck yeah. you. No, yeah, I'm the guy. I'm the right. I'm the right one here. In That's this all. I feel. That's all. I feel. It's like because you know when I'm going to those situations, if me and you are going to a situation, we're gonna look completely different. I'm gonna look like I'm confident and ready to go, right, and yeah. you may not look that way. But if we're talking, you know that that's complete bravado. Inside, yeah. I'm scared as shit. <laughs> you know, but it's it's those people that are like, no, I'm okay on the outside. I'm okay on the inside. Yeah. I'm like something. Those mm. are the ones that freak me out. Yeah. Those are the people that I think belong in the same category as Ted Cruz. You Maybe. know? It's just like, when you're okay on the outside and okay on the inside mm-hmm. and there's really nothing wrong with you yeah. and you walk into a room and there's not even a modicum of anything that could go wrong inside of your head. Yeah. You're just walking in there like you've got the biggest dick in town. Yep. It's, I, I don't trust you. I don't <laughs> no. like you. Like, how? How yeah, would you, no. do you have that? How do you do that? <laughs> I don't know. I don't get it. I don't get it. It's like we're, it's like we're Superman, mm-hmm. but we constantly have kryptonite in our pockets. Yeah. All of the time. Mm. There's no getting rid of it. You throw it away, it comes back. Ooh. And that guy just managed to get rid of the kryptonite. And you're like, how the fuck? Mine just keeps growing inside of my pool. What are you doing? Mm. That's what it feels like. <laughs> I want to think about that some more. That was a nice little metaphor. Superman that was always walking around with a kryptonite. Yeah. I wanna, yeah. yeah, I'm going to hold on to that, put it in my pocket for a little while. Like, you know, Maybe like it grows into something. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Uh, apart from that, uh, I, found, I find myself wanting to write more nice. than i uh, than i have yeah. and, or am yeah and i find that a good thing hells yeah um i've i've 
you know, I just enjoy the process of writing. Yep. I've enjoyed the process of creating. Oh, I yeah. have like three things. And now that I'm going to be in a plane for a while, I might as well just do them. Yeah. And it's going to be great. Uh, where I, I want to take a writing retreat where okay. I just go for like a weekend and I take a train mm. down to like, I don't know, Boston sure. or some shit. And yeah. during the time, the train ride, just write and then chill out in Boston and then write back on the train that. back. Yeah. And it's that's what I really want to do. Yeah. And I think that apart from like the directing and the, all the other shit that I want to do in the mm. podcasting, I think that I really want to take some time yeah. to just write. That sounds awesome. And uh, I'm becoming a much more relaxed person because of it. Yeah. I don't have as much sort of like angry energy anymore because mm -hmm. it's all coming off on the page. Nice. So that's a bit, you know, I'm just, I'm like a mellower version of yeah. myself lately, which yeah. is nice. It's very and cool. So that's what I've been enjoying a lot more. Oh, yeah, so, man. Yeah, that's what I've been up to. Nice. Anyway, just dealing with all that shit. All right. Well, yeah, that's that's yeah. all that I had, you know, besides the... Oh, and I finished the television show Spartacus. Thank goodness. I'm finally done with that. <laughs> Spartacus dies, as the history books reflect. Yeah. <laughs> you know, so, sure. um, yeah, that is that, so... You know, that's that's the one thing that I've always found funny about historical fiction. Mm -hmm. Sure, historical fiction, right, so you can change it around. They change a lot. But... <laughs> But at some point, mm. you kind of know what happens. Don't yeah, you? yeah, yeah. You know, you know, like, you know who does. But it's like they 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 screwed around so much. Like Julius yeah. Caesar is there, you know, fighting Spartacus, and he doesn't even show up in his his history book. So like at least ten years later, at the very <laughs> least ten <laughs> years later, least. you know, it might like, be a couple hundreds. Who the fuck knows? You know, yeah. <laughs> and they got Julius Caesar killing like uh, Pompey's son. And I'm like, all right, all right, fuck out here. You know, all whatever. Right, we're, yeah, we're done with that. Yeah, um, that was it. Yeah. I don't really have anything because it's only been three days. Yeah. Uh, so I don't really have anything. Short week for us. So I guess we're going to cut and then talk about uh, Juan. The, the grudge. Hell yeah. There you go. Bye. Uh, welcome back. We're talking about this movie, Juan. Uh, the grudge. Chris. All right, Juwan the Grudge is rated R, came out in 2002, listed as a horror movie with a runtime of one hour and 43 minutes. The rundown, Asia's increasingly fine tradition of modern horror films. The premise is that if a building has, an in, has endured a singular horror, it absorbs it and returns it to those who visit. A series of seemingly unconnected vignettes, mm -hmm. all with a subtly satisfying jolt, including a shower scene Hitchcock would have admired, are slowly pulled together by police investigating the strange events. Uh, the writer-director is Takashi Shimuzi? Shimizu? Uh, Takashi Shimuzi. There we go. I'm not going to be able to do, say that. Yeah. Oh, one more time, please. Takashi Shimuzi? Takashi. Takashi? Takashi? Shimuzi. Shimuzi. Takashi Shimuzi. And it stars um, three other Asian names that I'm not going to be able to pronounce oh, at all. See. This is... Uh, Megumi Okina? Right. Misaki Ito mm -hmm. and Misa Uehara. You rock, man. <laughs> <laughs> yes. I'm just a weeb. <laughs> <laughs> it stars, stars those uh, three actors. Yeah. Uh, this is... Where'd you get that fucking rundown? Like, that description? Uh, no telling. This is fucking... The, the, this, okay, so how... Before we get into the movie, how mm -hmm. difficult was it for you to find a viable, like copy of this movie this one was easy this one was on was amazon easy. prime yeah okay i because yeah it's on amazon prime so mm. that was like usually the first hit yep all right if we didn't have amazon prime this mm. would be a bitch to find yeah i found i found it on amazon prime and nowhere fucking else mm. had it 
I, and I, I was upset by it. I found it on um, on one two three movies to okay. on there, but um, the buffering was super slow and it didn't have subtitles. Yeah. So like, I, like so I watched that movie twice yeah. without understanding anything, which was <laughs> kind of the genius to the movie that you don't even need to understand words to be able to follow the story. Right. Yeah. You know? Um. So. Usually after I watch a movie, I like to do a bit of research, mm-hmm. which means I Google the movie and I just read about as much about the movie as you can. Yep. The fucking American version kept showing up. Oh, no. And I was very annoyed because there was nothing explicitly talking about the Japanese version. Yeah. It was just like one article that some like fucking nerdy film dude wrote yeah. before jerking off. Yep. It was just like, all right, well, fuck, yep. whatever. Um, so the fucking, the Juan, yeah. the grudge. Yes. Uh, very simple movie. Mm-hmm. Um, budget of $3.5 million, I think. Okay. Uh Low budget horror Japanese, yeah, very simply shot, yeah, nothing fancy about it, not much. It's no. just a straightforward fucking story, in quite the same veins as Ringu. Uh, okay, you know, have you seen the original? I've not seen Ringu. Huh? Uh, it's it's really good. So far, I've not watched. Is Ringu the Ring? Yeah, yeah. Okay, but oh, it's a okay. Japanese version. Yeah, I haven't seen that. No. Um, it's uh, this movies are really fun because Japanese horror is very unlike Western horror. Very different, yeah. In or I should say Eastern horror. Eastern horror is very different. They're, you know, Western horror is usually concerned with like the jump scares and the mm. demonic presences like and America, things yeah. that are associated with religion, really. Mm. That's a lot of like what Western horror is. Yeah. But Eastern horror is more associated with like the personal intimate stories yeah. and then like the mythos of the spiritual life mm. that they lead. Yeah. Um, so that's why The Ring and this movie have that long-haired, white-pelled lady. Well, yeah. And sort of the spirits are, they're based on something called Unreal. Unreal? Un, I don't know what, how to pronounce it. Okay. But it's a vengeful spirit that comes back from the dead. All right. And they can manifest themselves physically in the, in the world and yeah. harm living things, mm-hmm. which is a really clear distinction from the Western horror where ghosts are ethereal and made of energy. Yeah. And just, it, I just had a good time. I just had a good time. Okay. Uh, watching that. I don't think the movie is. Also, this is one of those movies that are like always sort of told to you as the quintessential Japanese horror experience. All right. Have you had that happen where people like... I'm not into horror in the horror okay. circle, so nobody really recommends horror yeah. stuff to me. Every time you talk to something about The Grudge, they're like, oh, the Japanese version, it's the shit. You yeah. know, it's one of the best horror movies out there. Mm. It's fine. <laughs> it's yeah. fucking fine. Yeah. It's not the greatest horror movie out there. It's, it's not even better than The Ring. I mean, opinion. like for me, this movie is like, um, what, what I, I appreciate a lot of things about this because if this movie wasn't made, then a lot of movies thereafter wouldn't even be possible. Right. So it's like, I like it for that, you know, aspect of it. And filmmaking, like when I'm talking about like technicalities and stuff, um, after watching it, it reminded me so much of the movie Dunkirk that it's like a movie that it's like I couldn't give like more than a 7 out of 10. I didn't enjoy it that much, mm-hmm. but I was like, as a student of film, was like... There's wh- something captivating about very it. Very much. Yeah. Like, as a student to like watch and observe and see, like, this dude's cinematography, like, whoever his DP was, like, maybe he's doing it himself, mm-hmm. but like, this guy is a master fucking director. Like, he knows where to put the camera. He knows, like, how to build suspense and tension. Mm-hmm. Like, and especially with that, you said, $3.5 million budget, like, mm-hmm. I couldn't tell how much money was spent for it, but I'm like, you can give this dude $5 in a box of Apple Jacks and he <laughs> knows how, something, yeah. he can make something out of it because he knows where to place a camera. 
camera. Right. Like he he does that. And as far as storytelling, visual visual storytelling, he has it down pat. Yes. You know, but as far as like narrative, like the actual story, mm -hmm. it was was pretty bland or, or straightforward and simple. I don't want to yeah. say bland, but just straightforward and simple. Well, it's bland by what I would assume is today's standards. Sure. You know, like yeah. by today's horror standards, it is a very mild story. Yeah. Um, but not a bad one. I mean, it's, it's no, a simple story that's executed fantastically well. Yeah. Um, it, it happens in sort of, I think it's six chapters or maybe oh, four, four, I think, four, yeah. four chapters. Yeah, this is a third or four. Yeah. yeah. So um, it happens in chapters, and the premise of the movie is that there's this house. Yep. And in this house, a husband killed his wife, his child, yeah. and a cat. Yeah. And there's this Japanese legend. legend that states that if if a moment of great rage happens inside of a place, mm -hmm. then that place becomes cursed, yep. and then anybody who walks into the house mm -hmm. gets infected by the curse, and in turn they die. Mm -hmm. And because they died in what will be considered a moment of rage, yeah. the curse keeps propagating wherever they die. Yeah, and so that's like the sim super easy premise. Yeah, walk into a house. You're dead. Mm -hmm. Leave. You're dead. Yeah. Don't go in the house. Yep. You die. Mm -hmm. um, but it's it, by splitting it instead of following like one character the entire time mm -hmm. going into the house, and then having her struggle the entire film with the ghost and the spirit mm -hmm. and all of that, which would make a fine film, mm -hmm. but it wouldn't be particularly interesting compared to like anything we've seen. Yeah. By splitting it up, you you get to explore the truly paranormal aspect of the house mm -hmm. and it's not like it hasn't been latched onto any particular person mm -hmm. it's just people that are loosely connected it was mm -hmm. it was hard for me to follow who is who and i think that has much to do with my uh, like problem identifying facial features and thinking that people of the same race look very much similar i have that problem too you know <laughs> yeah <laughs> so it's like the um the the main woman from the beginning was she's working at um whatever she's kind a of social social worker, worker. yeah welfare yeah. Social worker thing. nashita Okay. Yeah, her, like, okay, so I'm following her, and, I'm, I'm, and I see that she goes to the house, and then she sees a uh, old lady that's there, and she's supposed to, like, check in on her. Mm -hmm. And the lady, she goes to check in on her, and then she's seeing things that, you know, she, does, she, she doesn't know what's happening. Right. She goes upstairs, and then she's, like, hearing, what does she hear? Like, the cat She first? hears a cat yeah. scraping against the closet door. Yeah, yeah. She, she hears a cat, and, um, you know, but, but jump fast forward to later, it's like, okay, I'm, so I'm seeing her, and then um, was this the same lady when um, there was a man that comes later, and there's a woman laying down in the bed? Is that still her? No. Okay, no. that's so, a different person that came up the stairs. Yeah. Okay. So, quick quick breakdown, yep. because this movie is technically the third movie in yep. the franchise. Yeah. And in the first two movies, they explore the what's called the Saeki murders, Okay. which is the murders that the husband killed the wife and, and the, the cat. cat and the boy. And they are the original people that sort of cursed the house. Okay. Then there are two more people that moved into the house. Right. And it was, a, it was that dude... His mother, okay, and either his sister. I think it was his sister. So yeah. they moved in to take care of the mom. Yeah, and so those are the people that um, get hire the social worker to yeah. come help the mom. Okay, but oh, yeah. I get okay. Yeah, so so she comes and then um she the the uh the the shit happens to her. Right, you know. Then it looks like I guess I guess that's the wife or somebody of the mm -hmm. husband. I think it's she the, comes so next. it's the the lady that. Yeah, it's the wife of the husband yeah. of, of the mom. The, yep. Like, so it's the wife of the husband, yeah. and the mom is his mom. Yep. God, that's fucking confusing. No, yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, but yeah, so that's that family. Yeah. 
And so then the the wife comes in. Yep. The husband kills the wife, mm. right? And so he gets possessed by the curse. He yeah. kills the wife. And then the sister comes to visit mm. the brother. And then it turns out that he had already killed the wife. So he, like, scares the sister away. Mm. Um, and then... <laughs> so yeah, scares the sister away. The sister walked into the house though, so she's now infected in fact, yeah. by the curse. Yeah. So then she leaves. Is that sister one of the three uh, schoolgirls? No. Who are no. the damn three schoolgirls? Well, the three school. This. Because <laughs> <laughs> you know, I'm like, how are these people connected? <laughs> They're very loosely connected. So the second family, the one with the uh, the old lady, yep. the mom, yep. they hire the social worker yep. to come take care of her. And then the first social worker that comes mm -hmm. is the guy that went missing. But the only reason he went missing is because he walked into the cursed house yeah. and died. Yeah. And so then Rika, which is the first character we see, mm. walks into the house and then discovers the kid. Yep. Right. So now she's cursed with that. With the she's cursed the with the thing. Yep. So after her f night in the house, mm -hmm. um, what I'm thinking happened is that the husband yeah. that is currently living in the house with the mom yeah. killed the sister. Mm. And then hit her in the attic and killed the, killed his wife, hit her in the attic, yeah. and then somehow died inside of the attic with her. With her, yeah. Uh, and then that's when Rika walks in mm -hmm. and then discovers the mom, discovers the kid, but mm -hmm. no one went into the attic. Nope. Um, so she leaves, right? Yeah. And then Hirohashi, which is... That's like one of our main characters. He's like a police person that they're trying to bring back in. Well, no, Hirohashi is the guy that assigned her... The job the to, to go, go to the, the house. first place. Okay, right. All right. So Hirohashi, for some reason, ends up at the house. Yep. So now he's cursed. Yeah. And then, okay, yeah. Okay. So then they find the body after Rika stopped going to the house mm -hmm. for some reason. God damn. Yeah, I was saying like this. Christ. Yeah. It's confusing. The point is, the second family and then Rika happened. Yeah. And then Hirohashi died because Rika was infected yep. by it. So they found the guy that put uh, Rika inside of the house, yep. he's dead. Mm -hmm. So now the cops are investigating the yes. house. They go into the house. Yeah. They go. They examine the entire of the house, and now they're infected. Yeah. And so now these cops talk to, uh, I think his name is Takoyama, or okay. Tawajama, or Toyo, uh, something like that. Mm -hmm. um, but he's the detective yeah. that was involved in the case of the original murder. Okay. So which is like the one that happened in two movies before this murder. Yeah. So he investigated that. How case. is he still alive? And then he walked away from the house somehow. I don't no, know. Yeah, they yeah, so, yeah. really don't tell you. He yeah. walked away from the house. Yeah. And so then when he comes back into the house, yeah. he's fucked. He's, yeah. he's done. So then the three schoolgirls. Hold on. Another thing I wanted to know. I'm yeah. sorry to cut you off. So when he goes, yeah. they have the three police officers inside the, the home. Yeah. Well, first of them, the main one, he goes up and then he gets freaked out. He sees the, the long uh, haired, white, uh, pale white girl mm -hmm. and she's crawling down the stairs, slow as shit. And he's right. jetting down the stairs, yeah. running down the stairs. And two more detectives are at the door. They come in and then he's like so scared that he sees it coming down the stairs super slow again. He screams, gets off the floor and runs out of, the, runs out of there. Yep. The other two guys are sitting there and the, the scary thing is like halfway down the stairs and they sit there and stare at it yep they're just <laughs> they die they're just in shock they're just in shock i'm like man you just seen this other guy scared of shit and then run up out of there it was like you should probably you should probably get out you should probably get out <laughs> yeah but then this is where it gets interesting because yeah. the person that gets infected yes takes the curse with them mm -hmm. so where they die becomes infected. infected too yeah 
Um, so then the dad walked out of that apartment. Yep. And then he died of screen somewhere. Yeah. But while he was in the apartment, the spirit showed him the future. And the schoolgirl that got infected because she walked into the house mm. was his daughter, who is five years old in the present time. Okay. And, or she's like 10 or something like that. Was that when easily, easily. a, a schoolgirl comes, like they show a schoolgirl at his door and he opens the door and, they're, and there's just like a real, really awkward moment? Yep. Okay. Yeah, that's his daughter. Okay. That's All his right. daughter. It's yeah. his daughter in the future. All right. Um, so it's got, time, it's got some time travel elements to it. Yeah. So the, the dad, the detective, mm. sees his daughter from the future go into the house yeah. knowing that she will die. Mm-hmm. So it drives him crazy. So when he leaves the house... He does, uh, you know, he locks himself in a room mm. and goes insane and yep. then dies in his own right. Yep. And then four years later, when the daughter is 15 or 16, okay. she goes into the house. Yeah. And so that's the story that we're following. So, okay. huge clusterfuck. Mm. Um, but when we see the daughter, what I'm thinking happened is that, like, Rika walked into the apartment and everything happened all the way up to the detective, yeah. right? And then we jump four years into the future. Yep. With, and then everything happens with the schoolgirls. Mm. And then in that time, then Rika just lived happily for I'd a while. Assume, yeah. And then her fucking teacher friend gets assigned the kid that lives in that address. And then she goes to the address. Mm-hmm. And now she's infected. Yep. And then Rika originally goes back to the house and confronts Juan mm. or the spirit. The spirit, yeah. And then um, turns out that she becomes the becomes spirit. spirit. So the curse is never ending. Nope. It's cyclical. Yeah. Um, and we don't really know how it chooses the victims in terms of like who's going to become the next the next uh, jewel spirit. or spirit. Yeah. Um, but it does that, yep. and it happens. And then I, I think that they're all loosely connected because of Rika. Mm. You know, but she's not the main character. She's no. just the person that the story chooses to become the spirit yeah. after yeah. the end of it. Yeah. Does that make sense? No, I mean, it, it, it did. It did. Yeah. But, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I'm thinking, like, getting back to, like, his his um his filmmaking, yeah. there was a particular shot that, like, I love this. It's one of my top 50 favorite, you know, shots ever. And I have to put 50 because we've seen so many goddamn movies, <laughs> you know, but um, this one right here, because it's, it's so small and it can go unnoticed so easily, mm-hmm. you know, but um, so there's, there's an older gentleman. He's, uh, he's inside of a building and he's looking through a glass window mm-hmm. and um, he sees someone um, talking. Um, there's, there's a lady out there talking and another guy walks up and then he's like shooing the guy out of the way. He's like, get out of the way, move, move. Awesome. <laughs> he's like, what? He's like, exactly what, what, like, what the hell is going on? You're like, who is he showing away? Is he trying to get with this woman and like he's trying to see her ass more right. and he can't see her ass so he's trying to move her out of the way? Like what the hell? So then, you know, the lady comes in and she gets him. He's in the wheelchair and they're rolling out and he's like playing peekaboo and it's like, oh, this guy's like uh, senile. Like mm-hmm. he's, he's just like, he's bad in the head and that's just where you're thinking that he is because he's in like a retirement home or a nursing home and yeah. he's just bad off in his he's mind. He's an old dude in he's, general. Yeah, just an old guy. Yeah. So he's playing peekaboo, peekaboo back and forth and it was like, what the hell is going on with this guy? And then when they, um, you look at the door and for like point like uh, one second at the longest maybe five frames you know it's it's so 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 tiny tiny. and then you get to see in the reflection in a glass door the little boy right there and then it's here and it's gone and it explains the entire like the past five minutes of the scene that you've been watching and i'm like that right there is like why i appreciate this movie for the filmmaking so much 
you know, like this guy is a master at what what he does as far as filmmaking. Right. You know? It's fucking that shot was fucking genius. Yes. And it, was, it was. It's one. Of, it's my favorite horror aspect of this movie. It's the fact yeah. that you don't see the scary thing. Yes. Until you have to see it. There, there was another one. The first time when she's hearing that um the cat scratching mm-hmm. and she goes upstairs and she opens the closet and then she's like, oh, it's a cat. Okay, all right. So the audience is like, okay, we don't have to be worried anymore. That's she's good. like, all right, we don't have to be worried anymore. And in that exact same area, she just looks over a little bit. Oh, shit, there's a full boy sitting right here in a crouching position. Right here. Then she's like, oh, shit. <laughs> like, what? A whole ass kid. It's a whole ass kid right just there. Sitting there. <laughs> She runs downstairs and going to the old lady. I was like, what the hell is there a boy doing up there? There's a boy upstairs. And the old lady just looks at her like, mm-hmm. so, <laughs> what? <just> here. <laughs> yeah, that, that, that really is the genius of the movie. Because the yeah. movie makes you go, wait, what the fuck was, what, is that happening? Or is yeah. that not, what's happening? Yeah. You know, the movie makes you do that a lot. Mm-hmm. And that's the scary thing of the movie. It's not the jump scares. It's mm-hmm. not the, 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 the spirit, mm-hmm. really. Mm-hmm. It's the way that it presents how overwhelmingly always there mm. the spirits are like yeah. once you walked into the house yeah they're with you yes you're done yeah and 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 sort of like rika lives a really long time without getting you know hunted by the spirit yeah but she's constantly getting terrorized yep. by them and so what i what i find really amusing is that we go back to rika at the end mm. um but in the self-contained pockets of storytelling we s- learn how the ghost operates so okay, what, do you, what do you mean uh, so, like, we learn the rules of the ghost. Like, if you're not in Japanese culture, mm. you don't necessarily know what kind of spirits this are. True. You don't know. You don't. You, you you're not a part of the the cultural know-how. Yeah. So you might be watching this and you might become disoriented. Mm-hmm. But the genius of the movie is that while you kind of, if you don't need to know that, it explains its own rules, which yeah. is the thing that every good horror movie should do. Yeah. Um, so like, you kind of go like, oh, what's up with the pale, long-haired? that doesn't matter that's yeah. a surface thing yeah. it could be a black shadow for all it matters yeah. but it would operate in the same way and I like that we go back to Rika and she's the story mm-hmm. but then these people are the rule setters for yeah. the story yeah. and so you learn that she can find you anywhere mm-hmm. she can enter in spaces that are normally inhuman to enter so that she she can enter through the tiny gaps in the real world oh, yeah. and immediately be there yeah. and then you learn that the, the way that they kill you is that they possess you and then mm. they drag you into damnation yeah. with them. Yeah. So that's the three things that you learn with this. And the first time you learn it with the sister mm. that the ghost can manifest itself anywhere that it wants because yeah. it manifests under her bedsheet, mm. which is a fucking amazing shot. Yes. Way. And then it gets it drags, it drags her, her out her of bedsheet yeah. and she just disappears. Yep. Fucking genius. Yeah. Another time, uh, like out of the closet or something like that, which is like put, pulled in yep. by the head. Yep. It's like, oh. And uh, and and that was uh, that was easy for me. Mm-hmm. That that does that. Yeah. And she's haunted because she abandoned her friends. Yeah. What the spirit does is she uses her friends to, to psychologically torture her. Yeah. Because the ghost, really, what it does, it tortures you until you can no longer handle it anymore, and then it drags it brings you, you in. Yeah. It terrifies you. Yeah. Um, which is a pretty universal concept. It's yeah. just presented really nicely. Very much. And then uh, what was the what was the third one? It was uh. the final, and then we see the we really we see the setups and the punchlines really like nicely match up. So mm-hmm. like anything that's set up at the beginning, yeah, with the first three characters. Off. Yeah. Um, oh yeah, the, the third one was a detective when she goes down the stairs and they set up that. Oh yeah, shot. yeah, the crawl, yeah. Because um, like if you didn't see that before it happened at the ending of the movie, yeah. 
there's no reason to be terrified. Not at all. Of that, because you don't know what she's no, going to do. Is. Yeah. But because we showed it to the detective, the detective ran away, but mm. we know that it killed the two detectives. Yep. Then we know, okay, her going down the stairs, creepy crawly equals mm. bad. Yep. Um, so then you already know that by the end of the movie. Yeah. So by the time that you get to Rika, you know exactly how the kid and the and the ghost, the lady ghost, operate. Yeah. And which is amazing for rule building and world yeah. building because there's really no doubt as to what happened. No. Everyone's dead. <laughs> yes, very much. Yeah. All gone. I mean, there was there was um I'm I'm a big fan of like um of acting in movies mm-hmm. and I was upset at the beginning because I was like I didn't find these actors to be good whatsoever. And then I found like two or three people that I was very interested in. Mm-hmm. Uh, one of them had a very small role. She played the mother of one of the uh, three teenage girls. Yeah, fucking the mother, Isumi's mother. Isumi's, yeah, yeah, yeah her. I really latched onto her too. Mm-hmm. I don't know what it was about her. Yeah, like when uh, when the, uh, the when the other girls came to uh, to go visit her when she's uh, holed up in the room mm-hmm. and she opens the door just stone face pale face yeah. you know sad downtrodden it's just like just so many emotions like you just believe that she was in that mm-hmm. and it's like you you're here to see izumi or whatever her name was izumi. like you're here to, izumi yeah, you're here to see izumi it's like it's just like god like and i then, believed like, her not only that but like the tone of her voice mm-hmm. like she was so gentle yeah and so smooth and like gorgeous yeah and i was just like oh man it's really disturbing how like attractive this woman looks on screen right now yeah given, the circumstance know, everything, and everything the circumstance. yeah and I, and I think that it does a really good job in making you uncomfortable mm-hmm. in that moment. Yes, just, very much. Ooh, fuck, like, yeah. what's happening? Yeah, <laughs> like that, she was the first person to b- draw me in through acting. Mm-hmm. You know, I was drawn in through the filmmaking, you know, but it's like she drew me in with some good acting. Mm-hmm. The um, the scene that followed that, the uh, the daughter that is just completely distraught and then just goes crazy screaming, mm-hmm. it's like... I wasn't super happy about the acting, but the scene was intense. Right. You know, it at least it like it broke up the. Um, I don't know. It was like it's it's kind of like chill. It's chill for a good while, and then it's like, oh shit, I need to be paying attention. Yeah. And, you know, and it was one of those moments where it was like, all right, stuff is happening. I'm back glued into it. You know, so it was just like, and well, then it, it was knows how to ease point. you into things, and oh, then no. immediately draw you away from that ease. Yeah, and, and like really in really quick moments. Yeah. Um, like the shower scene with Rika with yeah. the hand, which is like the iconic grudge shot. Yep. Um, I was just watching a lady shower. I mm-hmm. was having. It was just like, oh, yeah, yep. she's, and then, oh wait, there's a hand. What the fuck? Yeah, and it lasts like like the whole hand thing lasts like maybe five seconds. Yeah, and it's just like moments like that really keep drawing your attention back oh, to yeah. the film. I was like some of the things as far as like how much money did this cost to make? Like I was admiring it so much for things that don't cost money to make. That like I said, we can just go get make a camera and do some yeah. of the things like um. Just having the camera in one place and then slightly moving it over there just yep. so you can see a little bit more. But um, the other things that I was looking at that was just um, like just computers is the um, the actual black smoke um, yeah. figure of what it was. But I was still pretty intrigued by that. But um, when they had the um, the security camera following in one of the hallways in like a hospital or something like that, yeah. and it's a security guard that goes into a room and then the black uh, figure comes out behind it mm-hmm. and then starts staring at the camera yep. that our, our character is watching at that moment and just slowly getting closer and closer and closer till you see nothing but blackness and, and eyeballs nice. yep. directly into that and I'm like oh man yes <laughs> so oh, good yeah. and that's also the moment that you know that the spirit isn't mindless yeah. because it knows who's yep. watching that tape yeah. it knows that it's going to get back to the to, to like, him, to yeah, to yeah. him specifically, yeah. And so the reason why he went back to the house was because after that, he said, I got to destroy this fucking house. Yeah. And then that's what the spirit wanted, you know? Yeah. And, and that, that's really the first time when you realize, she's like, oh, fuck, this isn't just a, this isn't just a spirit. No. I mean, she's out. Oh, she's, yeah. She's out for vengeance. Oh, yeah. 
and, uh, which is nice. Very much. And it also reminded me of a bit the only American horror movie that I can think of that made me think of like a um, the personification of emotion mm-hmm. was um, this movie, A Babadook. Yeah, you remember that? Yeah, yeah. yeah, it's like it made me think of that. Yeah, it's like they're not similar movies, but it's just like that's the only type of thing that I could connect with it because like this isn't an actual monster; yeah. it's just kind of the personification of an emotion that right. you're dealing it's with. Anger. It's yeah, yeah. of anger and revenge. Yeah, that's really what you're dealing with. Yeah, but they're they're, they're very different movies. Oh, yeah. very similar in thematics, mm-hmm. um, which is interesting. Yeah, because uh, okay, so I gotta say before we get into any of that, like the you're talking about the filmmaking, truly the filmmaking of yeah. this movie. It's predominantly white. Yes. It is It is a very wide movie. It is. You see a lot of everything. I, I, I love that because when you get those closes, they mean something. They, they, they do. Yeah. They do. And they're very sparse. I'd be surprised mm-hmm. if I count more than 30 close-ups in this movie. I agree. Yeah. Um, and, but the reason why the whites work so well is because it shows us the environment. Mm-hmm. It shows us what the actor is going to react to. Yeah. And then having it be before the times of like super heavy CG... Mm-hmm. It means that the actors are actually interacting with somebody that is in the world. Yep. That woman is going down those stairs. Yeah. That kid is sitting in that closet yep. door. And there's something about that presented with the wideness of all of the shots yeah. that really provides you with a sense of intrigue into what's happening. Very much. Because when they close up, and they never really warn you when they close up, mm-hmm. it's just like, it closes it's, up. Here it goes. <laughs> like the close up of the cat that was meant to be like a reveal to tension. Yeah. yeah. And then they cut to another medium wide and then immediately Media close on the kid. Yep. And you're just like, fuck, what happened? <laughs> yeah, yeah. <laughs> yep. So those like that knowing when to use a wide and mm. knowing when to use a tracking wide and mm. knowing when to use a panning wide mm. and seeing where all of those things lead your eye into the environment. Yeah. It's fucking genius. Yes. And I really, really, really do love it. Yes, I and, agree. And then my other favorite things that I met, like, you know, in terms of cinematography, mm-hmm. is there are moments when you can see the kid and moments when you cannot see the kid. And it's related to the way that the actors have their hands over their faces. Mm-hmm. So in a lot of times, they're covering their faces as they're wiping their eyes. Mm-hmm. And they can see the kid for like a split second. Yeah. But... It never happens. Like, sometimes it doesn't happen in a POV. Mm. Like, the character is just doing that, yeah. and then the camera shows the kid. Yeah. And then the character stops doing that, and the kid's nowhere to be found. So it's building a relationship between something that the character is doing and something that you uh, as an audience yes. is, is seeing. Yeah. And so subconsciously, you start to go like, what's wait, there, what's why, not? why do I keep seeing this kid? Mm. And then at the end, when they reveal that she finally figures out that if you put your hands over your eyes, mm. you can see the spirits, yeah. you go like, of course, oh, that's why. that makes perfect sense. Yeah. And they have the sequence where they like flashback to all of the times I did People it. People put their hands on the eyes. Like, yeah. oh, yep. The, uh, the, fir- the first time we seen it was the uh, the older lady. Yep. The older lady that's sitting there with uh, her hand slightly over her eyes. She was like, what in the name of hell? Why? What's going on here? Right. You know, but yeah. And then we see the other one with the peekaboo. Oh yeah, yeah, with the peekaboo, yeah, yeah. Because the only reason he started playing peekaboo was because he did that to clean up his eyes. Yeah, and then he saw the fucking. He got a saw him. He was like, "Okay, let's play." Yeah. Yeah. And so, and then the third, one of the other times is when uh, Rika's washing her hair. Mm -hmm. Then the other times when she gets scared by the kid under the table when she feels. Oh yeah, 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 yeah. Uh, Because she's covering and she's like, "What the fuck's happening?" Yeah, and And she sees him under the table. Yeah, freaks Uh, out. Everybody in the dining area is like, "What in the hell? What the fuck happened?" (laughs) Yeah. Um, and and that little detail is it's just like. It doesn't mean a lot in terms of like filmmaking because mm. it's not technically a filmmaking thing or a camera angle no, thing. No, no. But in the way of like building a, a relationship that your audience 
has to interact with through the movie. Yeah. It just it's really satisfying Very to much. get that reveal at the end. I know that it was for a reason. Yeah. And then complementing that with shots of when the characters are doing that, there's when Rika wakes up after the restaurant, there's okay. a scene where she's walking from the bed to the mirror. Yep. It's ten steps. And in those ten steps, we get this really sudden, drastic panning close up of her head as she walks through the corner of her room mm-hmm. and then you see the kid and it's just like, whoa, whoa, whoa. Yeah. Whoa, whoa. <laughs> Real quick, yeah. And those are the scary moments in the movie mm-hmm. with the things where you're not quite sure if you saw the thing that you saw and then you're just like, oh, wait, was that the Yeah. And, and yeah. doing that cinematographically is amazing. Yes. Now, now something that, that kind of irked me through the movie was the sound effects. Like, I couldn't, the, the uh, sound was That like, sound effect uh, is justified, though. Because mm. she got stabbed in the throat. Oh, the spirit well, there got we go. Okay, that's, that's how okay. she died. All right. Well, uh, the that guy makes sense. pushed a box cutter through her mouth. See, okay, now, see, I'm okay with that now. Yeah. You know, <laughs> if, you, if you're just having some weird sound, you know, to mm-hmm. try to freak me out because this sound doesn't make sense, then I'm not buying it. But yeah, but the fact that it actually shares some continuity with the mm-hmm. story, then yes, I'm and down for that. The reason why the kid sounds like a cat is because the husband killed the cat and the him. cat and then the kid. Yeah. But the, the cat was the kid's best like friend or whatever. The cat belonged to the kid, yeah, not the other way around. Yeah. So, like when you kill them both, you know, it's yeah. Happened. So that, that that's why the cat, the kid makes cat noises. Well, that that brings that back in for me. All and, right, uh, those tiny little details do matter yes. in a horror movie. Hell yeah! Because if if you can justify it story wise, then your world just becomes that much tighter. Yeah. around it, and that's a gorgeous thing to do in filmmaking. Hell yeah! Um, do you have to, you said something? It was something about that being said, we've gushed about the filmmaking and yeah. the cinematography, which is the genius of this film. It is. But the story is nothing to write home about. Not at all. Really. It's no. it's kind of bland. It's boring at times. Mm. It's just the way that it's presented that it's really interesting. Very much, yeah. Um, I, I, you know, it's confusing. It's got structural issues. Very for much. For sure. Yes. And it's not particularly engaging. No. You're just kind of seeing characters go not, around the table. Not unless you're looking at it from like a student standpoint or a filmmaker standpoint right. and, you know, just trying to look at it to, to gush over, like you said, his filmmaking prowess. Mm-hmm. You know, but if you're looking to be entertained and, you know, have a good narrative, you know, a story that's going to be uh, entertaining, but that's not, it's not going right. to engage you that way. Right. And I also didn't find the movie scary in terms of, like, scary, scary. Not really, Like, no. The Grudge, the American remake, focuses yeah. a lot, which, by the way, was directed by the same guy. Nice. The same, the guy flew from Japan, directed the movie, and headlined that project as well. Nice. Um, that's how you do it. Yeah, yeah, that is how you do it. Yeah. And what you get is a really interesting blend of culture. Yeah. Because you get the core of the movie, but you also get... Are like what he perceives our cultural engagement with mm-hmm. that movie is going to be, yeah. and that's particularly interesting because in the American movie, it follows a lot more of the American conventions. It's a, a lot, lot more close-ups. Yep. It's a lot more moving shots. Mm-hmm. It's a lot more dialogue in places where there are no dialogues in the in the Japanese Very film. True. And like when people find dead bodies and all of that, the film really plays that moment out for quiet anxiety. Mm. You know, people are in shock. Yeah. But in America, we're a little bit Screams. more aggressive. Oh, God. <laughs> Screams. Yeah. What the fuck? Yeah. What's happening? What's uh, that kind of motion? Yeah. And so it's really fun to see how that differentiates. Mm. But I think the reason why the Japanese movie works for me a lot more than the American version of the movie mm. is those wides. And okay. that really, not opportunistic, but sort of elaborate shot designs mm. where like this is where this shot starts this is when this shot ends yeah and in between these shots these things happen and yeah. you can miss them mm-hmm. if you don't pay attention oh yeah and i think that's why the japanese version is so interesting oh yes to people versus the american version and a lot of snobs will tell you that it's just because it's a better movie in general 
I just think that it's because it's presented much more eloquently than the American version. Uh, yeah, like if you if someone would come to say me that that uh, this one is just a better movie, yeah. let's talk about why. You know, <laughs> you know, like how about how about you come listen to this episode of the podcast? How about that? But yeah, and uh, and, and yeah, and uh, those things do matter. I don't think the the American version is inherently scarier. Sure. Than this one yeah. because the special effects are better and it follows the American sort of jump scare thing. Yeah. But the Japanese version is inherently more interesting. Interesting is than, the word keyword. Yeah. yeah, entertaining versus interesting. Right. Yeah. And uh, I think I have an appreciation for the movie. I don't think it's like the pinnacle of Japanese horror. No. But I have an appreciation for it. And it Me comes too. from having somebody that just knows how to foot a fucking camera somewhere mm-hmm. and then take the shot. I mean, like I said, I wasn't very entertained or engaged by this, mm-hmm. but this is a movie that is going to be stored in my brain for references for right. the rest yeah. of my life. Yeah. That tracking shot of, of anyone walking up those stairs. Mm-hmm. Mm, yeah. Fucking divine. Oh, yeah. It's, it's awesome. It's oh, yeah. awesome. I agree. Um, what would you give it? A one out of ten is going to sound like a shit score, but mm-hmm. it's a, a six for me. A six right. out of ten. It's like um, I can't take but so much off because like filmmaking and technicality is all there. There's so much to learn from a brilliant director, but it's just for for acting, for narrative, for like I said, the entertainment value. I had to take it down a few points though. Yeah, S- same. Uh, the my score is around a six too. It's a six. My score is a six. Yeah, and the the score for it I'm to be a six point five. Oh damn. Um, okay. So. Um, but yeah, it's a six. It's a six because of that. Because mm. like, it really is a fantastically made, put together film. Yes, it is. I found the sound design to be intriguing mm. and with really good intentions as a filmmaker. Yeah. I find the shots to be purposeful mm. and not misguided not and not confusing. Mm. And it created some of the most iconic shots that we have in horror filmmaking Definitely today. Did. Yeah. Which is the, you know, the shot under the blanket yeah. and then the hand, the shot over the hand. Yeah. Showers and blankets are terrifying yeah. now because we sort of borrowed that idea from movies like this. Yep. And uh, I think that means something it does. for filmmaking. It definitely does. And while the score isn't necessarily high, mm-hmm. I think that this is a movie that any filmmaker or any person that is interested in art yeah. should definitely watch just to get that out of it. I, agree. I think that's phenomenal. Yeah, you're going to learn more about filmmaking from this Juan than you are going to watch from The Grudge. Right. Yeah. A lot more. Yeah. And I think that's re- that's a, that's this movie's value. Mm-hmm. Even though the two movies are directed by the same guy, same guy. Yeah. the Japanese version has the inherent value that you're learning what a risky what a riskier type of directing looks like mm-hmm. and what one that is not I don't want to say plagued, but one that is not weighted down by what we the expect res- to see in the box office already. That was the responsibility no. of bringing making back your budget. Right. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. And uh, and that's why that's why I really like this movie. Me too. I, I think it's, I think that's fucking phenomenal. Yeah. And Taka, Takahashi, right? Yeah. Taka, Takash, Takahashi. Taka, yeah. Mm. Takahashi uh, Shimzu. Oh, there we are. Yeah, Takahashi Shimzu. <laughs> uh, did a fantastic job yes. directing this movie. And, oh, yeah. I, and I was really really happy that I got to see it. Me too. Yeah. I agree. <laughs> Hell yeah, man. That being said, we're going to go into television and movie premieres in just a second. Yeah. Bye. Candy doesn't do anything for no, you. No, it's just a treat. It's just a treat. I just ate but lots of candy. It does feel like you've eaten something. For, for a moment, yeah. for about 10 minutes, <laughs> it feels like you might have ate something. <laughs> M&M's will only do so much. Oh, man. M&M's aren't even that great at candy. They're not, they're not. What's your favorite color, M&M? Uh, that doesn't matter, does it? No, it doesn't. <laughs> <laughs> it doesn't. They're all the same. 
It's yeah. redundant. Like you put a brown on brown M M&M, and M. Like why? It'll what was be, the point of that? It'll be fine. You know, it'll be fine. Like they're all they, they might as well all be the same color. Yeah, they might as well just be like little turd shaped pieces of chocolate. Yeah, it'll toast taste good. Yeah, Skittles, however, mm, they taste red different. One. Yeah, that red one. Fuck the red one. What? What? Nah, I'm What's not your favorite Skittle? Yellow or orange? What the fuck are you? I'm saying that's the only, those are the only, those are the only Skittles I'm even gonna eat. Get out of my house. The yellow and the orange. Same thing for Starburst. Yellow or orange, or get the fuck out. You get the fuck out. Of <laughs> 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 let, me, let, me, let me guess. Let me guess. You're you're a pink uh, Starburst guy. I'm a red and oh, pink. Starburst red and guy. pink. Mm. Red and pink. Okay. It's just good. I like the berry shit. Mm-hmm. That citrus shit can fuck I off. I like in the this citrus household. shit. The berry <laughs> shit can fuck off. <laughs> This is how the Civil War starts. <laughs> <laughs> that citrus shit can get the fuck out of my house. If I want citrus, I'll eat a fucking orange. No, if I if I want fruit, I'll eat some goddamn fruit. <laughs> Strawberries. <laughs> goddamn apples or whatever. <laughs> Damn it. I want citrus. Give it to me. Or can we agree that the green one is good? The green the green apple is skittle. That shit's lit. No. No? Nope, I can't even all do right, that. All right, that's it. Podcast <laughs> over. Get out of my house. But this 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 yeah. where this where we can be all right though. Yeah. If we both we can both just buy one pack of of Starburst yep. and be fine. And be absolutely okay. I'll take all the yellow and oranges, you'll be we'll like fuck for whatever. Yeah. <laughs> you take, take all the ones. You know what? Silver linings. Yep. Silver linings. It all works out. I call it truce mm-hmm. on the Skittle Civil War. Truce. Um also, but uh, uh, fucking red M Ms. They're the best ones. <laughs> the red M Ms. All right. <laughs> All right. Did people answer that question with a color? Yes, they did. Like the the the, the general consensus was yellow or green is the best. <laughs> yellow or green, and um, the only thing that I believe to be true, which mm-hmm. everyone uh, said, was that blue rubs off on your fingers. It does. It does. Yep. And that is it like does. yeah, all yeah, the other colors, does, does, but blue. Mm-hmm. So yeah. I'm, I'm thinking we should write in a petition, you know, for like false advertisement to M&M's because mm-hmm. that's bullshit. It is bullshit. We I mean, want different flavors. I'm, no, I'm saying mm-hmm. they've been saying for like 50 years, melts in your mouth, not in your hand. What is this all this goddamn blue shit then? That is melting in my hand. <laughs> yeah, you know, that is. <laughs> explain that shit, what's, M&M's. What's the fucking organization? Is it OSHA? Is it the Organization for Commerce and Trading? So, that guy. Yeah. Call those guys. Yep. And say, um, sorry, I've just had an M&M mm-hmm. melt in my goddamn hand. Yep. I would like a million dollars. Yes, I'll send you screenshots. <laughs> I will tell you, the, what is this? <laughs> I done caught you blue-handed, M&M's. <laughs> like, you can't get past this anymore. For years, y'all been feeding that shit, melts in your mouth, not in your hand, bullshit. And I'm about to see an end to it. I got you now, bitches. <laughs> yeah. Fucking Mars Company, you're mine now. Yes, all of it. Anyway. <laughs> Yeah, <laughs> I can't believe people have said that. Yeah. People have given you a goddamn color for yep. M&M's. Yep. That is baffling to me. All the same. Oh, man. <laughs> what a bunch of twats. Yeah. Um, anyway. Yeah. <laughs> television and movie premieres. All right. This week in television and movie premieres starting Tuesday, November the 13th through no- uh, Monday, November the 19th. Uh, the first one is going to be Wednesday, November 14th. It's called Origin. This is a show that's going to be on YouTube oh, Premium. Uh, fucking uh, Draco Malfoy, isn't that Tom? Uh, I forgot. I forgot his name. Uh, but it's a, Tom it's a, Felt. Okay. Yeah, yeah, Tom Felton. It's a uh, it's a science fiction drama, and it's a ten episode. It's ten episode YouTube original, directed in part by by Paul W S Anderson. Oh, what the fuck? Oh yeah. Uh, follows a group of strangers who find themselves stranded on a spacecraft headed for a distant planet. 
expect plenty of lost-like flashbacks to add to the mystery surrounding the passengers. When you advertise something hmm? that like lost-like lost? flashbacks, yep, then you know it's fucked. I guarantee you I will not watch it. Don't compare your thing to something else. Yeah. Don't be like, if you like Stranger Things, then you're going to look, no, I'm not going to like that now. Yeah, right, yeah, I'm yeah. not going to like that now. No. And there's that sense of spite. was like, fuck you, you don't tell me what I like. Yeah. But also, there's that, I... Fuck Lost. Yeah, I mean... It's, it's not a good show. I'm sorry. I, like, like, I, don't, I don't know. Like, so it's just like, I tried to watch Lost. I couldn't get into it. Right, you yeah. know, there was millions of people that supposedly talk about how great it was and the writers for it or yada, yada. I didn't get into it, you know, but whatever. Teach us on, I guess. Teach us on. Yeah. Anyway, point is, if you compare anything to Lost, yeah. not watching it. I mean, if you, if you compare anything to anything, I have an issue with it yeah. because you're not that. Right. You can't be the thing that you're comparing it to because I already have that thing. Yes. <laughs> you, you know, I'm cool with that thing. Go be something else and maybe I'll watch it. Don't be like, I can just go watch the thing again. <laughs> you know, <You're laughs> instead right. of watching your thing. I can just watch the thing that you're trying to be. Yeah. I just have a much better experience to begin with. Yes. <laughs> you know, I'm like, I would much rather have that. So it's just like, I don't like comparisons to things, but it's like people feel like they have to compare it to something or else you just don't have a reference point. Right. You yeah. know, but whatever. Yeah. Like, but that's the origin. It's like, it's like boy meets world meets stop. this thing stop. like yeah no <laughs> but uh th that's wednesday november the 14th it's called origin it's going to be on youtube premium uh the next thing is going to be friday november the 16th the ballad of buster scruggs it's the western that's going to be on netflix i've been looking forward to this for a long time mm -hmm. oh yeah it's um, originally intended to be the first Netflix television series from the Coen brothers. Oh, oh um, yeah, 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 yeah. But they retooled it at the very last minute. And um, let's see, it's an anthology. It has six different stories set in the Old West that vary in tone, though many are comedic and are tied together only by the presence of the title character. Uh, see, Tim Blake Nelson is going to be the title character <laughs> in it. That is a cowboy-ass name. Oh, yeah, very much. Uh, James Franco's in it. Liam Neeson's in it. Oh, nice. Um, no other notable people, but um, it's going to be starting on November the 16th. You know what? I am all in for that. Yeah. Not only, uh, I thought it was going to be a movie. It was supposed we, to be originally, yeah. But now we got six Six these? episodes, yeah. By the Coen Brothers? Yep. I'm in. Hell I'm yeah. In. I'm in. Yeah. There is not, I don't think there is anything bad that I've seen from the Coen Brothers. Yeah. No. I think the, the only movie that you didn't love from them might have been like a Hutsucker Proxy. Yeah. You know, but it's like they haven't made a shit film ever. Right, they haven't made something that's just like, fuck that. No. Uh-uh. Yeah. But yeah, that's uh, The Ballad of Buster Scruggs. That's going to be Friday, November the 16th. That's what happens when you fuck a stranger in the end. <laughs> it's one of my favorite lines of all time. I love that, man. Uh, like, yeah. yeah. Also, Westerns are underrated, in I my agree. opinion. Yeah. I think Westerns are fantastic. So. Yeah. They have, they have, I love that genre a lot. I do too. Yeah. I we recently watched True Grit with uh, Jeff Bridges. Oh, I love it. Oh, I mean, the original was really good too. Yeah, but it's John Wayne. I'm not a John Wayne fan. Okay. I, I, see I find him stale and annoying. All right. But uh, yeah. the one with Jeff Bridges was I love that. I love fantastic. that. And Haley yeah. Seinfeld was in it. Who, who's she, that? She's the, you remember the lead from Metro 17? Yes. Yeah. That was her. That was, oh, wow. She was young. Mm -hmm. Sheesh. That was like her first like big thing. Yeah. yeah. Well, hell yeah. Well, that, that was uh, The Ballad of Buster Scruggs. Fr check that out Friday, November the 16th. Next thing, the exact same day, She-Ra and the Princess of Power. Oh, the, the female... He-Man. Yeah, the female... Yeah, yeah. Yeah. This fucking pissed Twitter off. Did it? A lot. Oh, no, the, it pissed off the shitty part of Twitter. Oh, like, yeah, yeah. Pissed off, like, like the trolls of Twitter. Yeah. The people that are in the cave of Twitter. Mm. Uh, and they're just like, why do you have to make every... Because the showrunner is, if I'm not mistaken... Mm. She is a lesbian 
non-gender binary person. Okay. Right, so, and she uses like they pronouns and whatever. Mm. So people latch onto that and they were just like, oh, it's like one this anti-social, it's like the social justice warrior bullshit. Yeah. But also, it's fucking She-Ra. This has been around, this isn't a new thing. Like it's been right, around yeah. for years. It was a cartoon. She existed, and I yes. think that's what people were mad about. People mm. were mad about it being like a property that existed, mm. and then having it been handed down to a person that's like not only gay but mm. is gay and non-binary. Yeah, right. <laughs> and it's just sort of emblematic of everything that that subsect of the population hates. Yeah. Um, but I'm fucking all for it. I've seen yeah. animations on it on mm. Twitter. Like they send, they post like like uh, animatics and screen caps, and they post like full scenes on yeah. it on Twitter. And it looks fucking gorgeous, and I'm into it. Here's my beef with Shira. Yeah, and I don't, I don't, I don't know anything about this new one, but mm-hmm. just as the um, as the character that exists, just the character that exists yeah. from Shira, like from my first time seeing this, you know, when I was young. And my problem is, it's the, they they are not creative at all. They had He Man, and then they just made a woman version of it. Like the opening scenes are exactly the same. Yep. You know, it, it reminds me of um. Uh, Xena, the warrior princess, and the other, and um, Hercules, was it Hercules, I guess, or, um, or, 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 um, or thinking about Angel and Buffy the Vampire Slayer, you know, yeah. stuff like that, I'm just like, can you at least get a little creative, you yeah. know, it was like, the, the she, this, like, man, I'll show you after the podcast, I will show you the opening scene from She-Ra, and the no, opening scene movie. from He-Man, it's the exact same <laughs> thing, it's man. That's the same, like, series of frames, they just drew long hair on He-Man. It's <laughs> almost, I, I'm telling you, man, it's almost like frame for frame. <laughs> Yeah, but it's just like the only thing that kind of saves it is like, okay, well, they're like brother or sister, so maybe they would be having that kind of, they would use their power the same way. They would both right, have the same yeah. kind of weapon. They would summon their energy the same way, you know? So it's like, but, that's but, really funny. But besides, besides yeah. that, it's like, I have, I don't know anything about the, uh, the lady that's doing it. I hope it does very, very well, you know, but it just didn't seem very creative and unique. No, I, as can, a brand. I can say that the animation for this version of the character looks yeah. very fun and nice. pretty and sort of exciting okay. to do that. So it's she's definitely doing something different. Okay. Yeah. Oh yeah. Well me I will put my daughter on it. You know, we'll see we'll see if she she takes a liking to it. Mm-hmm. But that's that's gonna be Friday, November the sixteenth. She and the Princess of Power is an animation family series on Netflix. Also shout out for making a She reboot and not a He Man reboot. Yeah, <laughs> hell yeah. Like yeah. I don't need to see He Man again. Like I know full well He Man, yep. you know. We're good on that. <laughs> <laughs> All right, for uh, for movies, we got a few movies. Uh, the first one's going to be... Okay. Right, go well, I mean, yes, it's, it's a number of them. Uh, first one's going to be At Eternity's Gate. It's a PG-13 movie with a 110-minute runtime. It's a biography drama. has a 72 meta score early. Uh, rundown is a look at the life of painter Vincent Van Gogh during the time he lived in... Oh, they're saying names in France that I can't pronounce. Ooh, ooh, let me see. Like okay. Arv Arvois Soir or what? Ooh, uh, All right. And I, I, I French is my kryptonite. Yeah, I didn't yeah. know French Arvois whatsoever. Arvois is what I'm gonna assume. But some some places in France. Mm-hmm. So a look a look at the life of painter Vincent Van Gogh during the time when he lived in France. Yep. It's um William Defoe's gonna be in it. Oscar Isaac's gonna be in it. Oof. Mm-hmm. Oof. So, like, I'm kind of interested in that. And yeah. I've, I've always been a fan of Van Gogh, you know? I've, I like Van Gogh a lot. Too. Yeah. Def- have you seen uh, Loving Vincent? You were telling me about this yeah. months ago. I haven't yeah. seen that, though. Yeah, you should. It's, it's a really fantastic film. Nice. Uh, this, uh, that movie doesn't even follow. Like, Van Gogh is not even in that movie, mm-hmm. in Loving Vincent. But it's like a like an homage to him. I'm interested to see what they do with this. Yeah. Uh, just because I love that story. I love Vincent Van Gogh's story. It's yeah. cool. Oh, yeah. yeah. 
But uh, yeah, that is At Eternity's Gate. Mm-hmm. Uh, the next thing is going to be a comedy movie. We got Instant Family. It's a PG-13, a comedy. (laughs) The the rundown rundown is a couple finds themselves in over their heads when they adopt three children. The director is Sean Anders and is starring Mark Wahlberg and no one else of note. It's actually Mark Wahlberg. (laughs) (laughs) It's actually Mark Wahlberg. But yeah, um, that movie is coming out. By the way, sorry, complete Mm -hmm. tangent. Mm -hmm. Not too long ago, we were talking about Matt Damon, yes, um, like in front of somebody that wasn't aware that we would do the thing that we would do the thing, <laughs> yeah. And so I said, No, yeah, it's Matt Damon. Mm-hmm. And then you said, Oh, you mean Mark Warburg? Mm-hmm. And it's just like, Yeah, Mark yeah, Warburg, that guy, yep. And then the person that was with us just, Yeah, I remember that. I can't even <laughs> remember who that was, but I remember the confusion, yeah. I <laughs> and it really made me laugh. <laughs> You know? I don't even remember where the fuck we were. Like we were here, we were doing the podcast. Like it ha- maybe it was Jonathan. It might have been Jonathan. Maybe but somebody. I can't remember. Somebody. I yeah. don't know who the fuck it was. But yeah, they were very. But confused. I laughed really hard at that. Yeah. Maybe we weren't. Maybe I, I don't know, man. Yeah, neither do I. Shit. We were somewhere. We were somewhere. And someone. And was someone there. was there. <laughs> That's the thing that matters, really. That's every story. Yep. Someone was somewhere. Yep. And then another person was also there. Yes. And then you have the entirety of the human condition <laughs> in a sentence. All right there. <laughs> <laughs> All in one. Well, that's uh, that's Instant Family. It's gonna it's PG thirteen coming out this week. Uh, the next movie is called Widows. It's a rated R, hundred and twenty nine minute runtime. It's a crime drama, uh, eighty eight meta score, set in contemporary Chicago amidst a time of turmoil. Four women with nothing in common except a debt a debt left behind by their deadbeat husbands. Criminal Jesus activities, Christ. yeah. Uh, take fate into their own hands and conspire to forge a future on their own terms. Uh, this is starring uh, Viola Davis, Michelle Rodriguez, and is directed by Steve McQueen. Steve I, McQueen? Yeah. I'm, this, isn't that also the name of the car from Cars? No, it's that, Landon McQueen. Yeah, but it's, it's in the McQueen, McQueen part. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Right. yeah. I uh, know the name Steve McQueen from something. I'm not sure what he's directed before, but I, I know that name. Too, but I, yeah. I, I don't know. I'm not super sure myself, but I'm super into Viola Davis, so it's like I may check this out. And the fact that it has such a high meta score already, I'm like, what has Viola been in? Viola Davis, she was in The Help. She was in oh, Fences. Was she in Shape of Water as well? No, no, no. That was um, Olivia Spencer. That's Spencer, yeah. 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 But she she was in Fences, the movie with um, Denzel Washington. Mm-hmm. She was the wife in that one. Okay. Oh, yeah, 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 yeah. But yeah, she's awesome. And yeah, I mean, she, she is really good. Steve McQueen. Let's see what he's done here. Steve McQueen's IMDb. Has film Google director. ever done the thing for you where like you type in a you type in a thing and it takes you to the bottom of the search page instead of the top of the search page? It has, yeah. And and I find it really inconvenient. <laughs> and it really makes me upset. Yeah. And it's like something that I should really not be upset about. <laughs> <laughs> uh it looks like the uh, what I know Steve McQueen from is Twelve Years a Slave. That's oh, what I know that him from. That's what I know him from. Didn't okay. he get in trouble after Twelve Years a Slave? Nah, not him. Um, yeah. You're thinking about. Um, I'm thinking about the lead, right? Maybe, but yeah. the uh, the director from um, Birth of a Nation. Birth of a Nation. Yeah. That's what it was. That's yeah. what it was. Yeah. Steve McQueen stuff. Yo, yeah, Steve McQueen. He's awesome. Uh, I'm interested in that. I'm interested. Me in too. And a super high meta score already, so like I'm, I'm interested. Uh, the last movie, I believe, yeah, last movie we got is Fantastic Beasts: The Crimes of Grindelwald. I had no idea that was gonna come out this soon. Me neither. Um, I saw some BTS footage of it uh, mm-hmm. on Film Riot. By the way, Film Riot, they're awesome, amazing. Yeah, YouTube, uh, yeah. But I saw, I saw some of the background like BTS footage on it. The movie yeah. looks 
fun, but I'm also not excited to I'm go not see either. it. Seen the other one, and I was like a seven out of a ten. Yeah. Nothing bad about it, but it was just like, okay, it's there. Right, and that's how I feel. But it's mm. it's weird because it has almost a lot. Of, it has a lot of actors that I really, really love. Yeah, like it's got Depp, and it's got. I mean, Depp's kind of an asshole, but yeah. Uh, but I I love this work. It's got um, Eddie Redmayne. It's got Jude Law, and like of course it's J.K. Rowling that wrote the fucking. Yep. Thing, so like, by all means, I should be amazingly excited about this film, but I'm yeah. not. Um, yeah, I'm not. No, I'm not either. But um, it's going to be coming out this week, and it's directed by David Yates. David Yates. He also sounds familiar. It kind of does. I don't yeah. know where I would know that name from, though. We, I mean, I think I, I he think he directed the first one. Uh, let's see here. David yeah. Yates, director, IMDb, director, producer. Yeah, he directed the, fir- the first God one. damn. He directed the first one. He's directing the second one, third, fourth, and the fifth. <laughs> that, that guy is making money. Yeah, he, he directed dir- Legend of Tharsan recently. He directed Harry Potter and the Order of the Phoenix, um, the Half Blood Prince, oh, so Deathly Hollows One and Two. For a long time. Yeah, yeah. It's somebody that. By the um, way, the best Harry Potter movie is uh, Prisoner of Azkaban, directed by Alejandro Cuarón. I get confused by the names of the ones, but I can remember. I'll tell you a scene, and then you tell me which one this is. Yeah. Um, Harry Potter is going off into the woods, and there's like a lake or a, like a huge puddle, and there he sees this deer there. I would think that is the third. He sees his Patronus. I think that's the third. Okay. Yeah, I'm pretty sure that's the third. That um, was my favorite. Because it's when they first learn about the Dementors. Yeah. Yep. Mm-hmm. That's definitely the third. What's, what's the name of that third one? Um, um, it's uh, Prisoner of Azkaban. Prison, that's the one? Yeah. Okay, yeah. Then, yes. Yeah, I, we are in agreement. <laughs> that's the best one. Directed by Alejandro Foran. Okay. the best director for any other Harry Potter movies. I agree. I had um, no idea that. Then, but yeah, <laughs> I agree. He dire- uh, what was it that he directed recently? Was it uh, Arrival? Mm, yeah, I think it was Arrival. Maybe. What's his name? Uh, Alejandro Foran. Alejandro. 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 Oh, <laughs> I jumped out to Lady Gaga the other day. Like, fucking crazy in the car that's great i sang so loud that i couldn't speak (laughs) (laughs) nice yeah uh no uh dennis villanueva directed that one he did a he did a movie that came out uh that was gorgeous nice um i don't know what movie it was i want to before we cut uh last saturday i told you about going to see bodied at visard yeah um i mean i'm produced movie Mm -hmm. and uh saw it uh Fucking great movie. Nice. <laughs> it was awesome. Okay. And it was uh and it was awesome because the editing is really fun. Okay. The yeah. movie in itself and some of the performances are kind of just like eh, whatever. Yeah. The editing was so much fucking fun in that movie. And then like the bad performances at the beginning are kind of like they're a joke in themselves. Mm. Because the movie really starts with this comedic twist to it, mm-hmm. and then it just gets heavy. Okay. <laughs> in a really good dramatic way. Yeah. Like it starts off as like this white boy rap, but like battle rapping. Yeah. And he's like, ah, that's funny because he's white. He's not part of the culture. Yeah. And then it ends into this really great exploration of what it means to be part of a culture mm-hmm. that you're not technically or in are against all odds. Weren't born into kind of. Right. Yeah. A culture that weren't born into. Mm-hmm. And a culture that is, um, I don't want to say segregated, but a culture that is divided mm-hmm. within itself by yeah. the color of its skin. Yes. You know, and what a result of that is. Very much, yeah. And so it becomes this it starts off as this fun rump and it becomes this exploration of individuality mm. and race issues and nice. race relations and, yeah. and what it means to be that kind of person that's ingrained in two cultures at the same time yeah. and what that does to you. Yeah. And it's just like the editing's fun. The the battle raps are really interesting and fun to hear. Yeah. And then the guy, I don't know, if, did you watch American Vandal? No. 
Okay. So the lead was an American vandal for a really short amount of time, and okay. he does a fantastic job nice. at carrying the intensity that you need to do the battle raps yeah. and the anxiety of, like, the character arc that comes from, like, anxious white kid mm. trying to learn how to use the word nigga on a thesis yeah. versus the guy that at the end of the movie is destroying people with battle raps. Nice. It's an amazing character arc. It's really fun. That's something I want to see. There's still another movie that I haven't seen yet that you got to see. Um, um, Sorry to bother you. Yep. And the the reason for it is um, just being from one culture and then you know trying to fit in another one. I'm sorry to bother you. You know someone that's growing up in black culture and then fitting in into white society. Right. You know then this one you have a white guy that is in one part of culture and then fitting into uh, like a hip hop culture yep. and how that flip-flop and being able to move back and forth between and just seeing that. So it's like, I've seen neither one of those movies, but the way you describe both, oh, like, really I'm very interested in that. They're really good. And and they're really both about identity issues and, and race relations yeah. and what that means for everyone involved in that story. Yeah. And I, I walked in there thinking it was just going to be like, eh, whatever. Yeah. But I walked out thinking, like, you know what? That was really fucking fun. Nice. And it might not be the best movie in terms of performances. Yeah. And it kind of gets a little campy at times. Right. But... It, it's just a lot of fun to watch. So shout out to Bodied. Mm-hmm. Uh, Vissard actually substring it tomorrow and Thursday. Okay. Um, it was the only place in Charlotte where you could go see it. Yeah. Um, but if you get a chance to catch it uh, and you're interested in the, in that type of movie, oh yeah, uh, absolutely go see it. For me, it's like a better version of what Eight Mile was <laughs> in terms of like. Not like not necessarily like it's better quality. Okay, yeah. But like it's a it's a better interpretation of mm. what I think Ed Mile was going for. Okay. You know, that idea of whatever. And it's Eminem yeah. produced it too, so yeah. fuck it. Yeah. Um, that makes sense, yeah. Yeah. But yeah, that's it. That's all I got. Oh yeah, same. But uh I gotta do the, the, the thing, yeah. Thing. I almost just stopped that recording. It's like, all right, click. Yeah. That's it. <laughs> Uh, thank you guys for listening. Uh, you can find us on Twitter underscore FFS Podcast. You can find uh, you can find us on Facebook at the FFS Podcast. You can find us on Google Play Music app and Apple Podcast app. The name for film's sake. And my personal Twitter handle is at Brian Archija. I'm at T-H-A underscore V-O-N-Z. Hey. hey. And thank you all for listening. We'll see you next week. Bye. Bye. <laughs>